G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. We're a church that's all about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. This week's sermon podcast is part of our Jesse Tree Project for Advent and we're focusing on week one and hope. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Hope is what we're talking about today, this first Sunday of Advent. And this year we're going to be following a theme called the Jesse Tree. Now, a Jesse Tree is an ancient way of portraying Jesus' family line. And it was often used in art to teach the faith. One of the oldest intact depictions of a Jesse Tree is in Chartres in France, and it's 900 years old. And at the root of the stained glass window, there's a little tree, and it goes all the way up through the many, many generations, all the way to Christ at the top, and then you'll see his mother Mary. It's a way of tracing Jesus' family, family tree. Now, the big idea stems from the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verse 1, which says, A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Now, who was Jesse? Jesse was the father of David, King David, one of the greatest rulers of Israel. His branch was said to be the fulfillment of this prophecy because Jesus ultimately came from David's royal line. And God made a promise to King David. He said, your line, someone from your line, will stay on an eternal throne forever. So we're going to trace this family tree, Jesus' family tree, throughout Advent. And you may have seen um, these Advent studies at the door, and I really encourage you to grab one and to do a Jesse tree for yourself at home. Um, This is the Jesse tree that I've knocked up, and I literally knocked it up in about five minutes this morning, preparing for church today. Amanda was helping me put the tree together. So Amanda, can you put on that first bauble? And that is the Jesse tree stump. Can you put that on our Jesse tree, please? And what we're going to do in our sermons over Advent is we're going to do a bit of a whistle-stop tour through the Jesse tree. And so today we're going to look at the first six days of this Advent journey. Today we're going to look at creation and fall, sin and judgment, and a God who won't give up on us. So, the roots of the Jesse tree start at the very beginning, which as the sound of music says, is a very good place to start. And in the case of the Jesse tree, it's in creation and fall. In the beginning, God creates a good world in six days. God separates light from darkness, sky from water, land from sea. He creates the sun, the moon, birds to fly in the sky and fish to swim in the sea. And on the sixth day, he creates animals to flourish on land. There is order and wonder in all of creation, and you'll be reading about it in our devotional. If you've ever watched a good nature documentary, you've experienced the awe and wonder in God's good and ordered creation. 
One of the things I love about the Genesis account is how God creates something and then God congratulates God's self. <laughs> it's, it's almost as if God's got tickets on himself. He, he creates something and then it says in Genesis, and God saw that it was good. God the Father creates the world by his word, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is there in this beautiful inner dialogue of affirmation and love, which we saw in the kids' talk. God is creativity and love. And at the pinnacle of creation, God creates something that is very good. In Genesis 1.27, it says, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so Meg, do you mind putting that second bauble on for us, onto our Jesse tree? God creates these two people in his image, and they are totally reflective of his creativity, goodness, and grace. He gifts these people with personhood, something that nothing else in all creation has. And so it's a great tragedy when in the very next chapter of the Bible, Genesis 3, the people God creates betray him. God makes this awesome world, and in a perfect location, he plants a garden. And when he puts and he puts Adam, the first man, in this garden. Now, there is no love without risk, and so God gives Adam the garden to enjoy, and he even gives him the status of being able to name the animals. But there is one condition, there's one rule for this amazing place. Do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then God notices that there is something that is not good in the garden, and that's loneliness. Adam feels lonely because there is no equal to him. There is no helper. There is no one to be with him. Adam is lonely. Even though God walks in the garden with Adam, he still, in a way, needs someone to compliment him. And so, again, God in his grace and goodness creates Eve out of Adam's rib. They are intimately connected. And God gives these two people to complement one another so that they might thrive together and work together. But of course we know the story. God stands for spiritual goodness in the world, but forces of evil soon enter the story. A tempter comes in the form of a snake who gets in Eve's ear and convinces her to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now remember a couple of weeks ago in our 1 Timothy series, we talked about how Eve wasn't there when Adam was given the command not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so that's why she is attacked and tempted. Adam is right there while this is happening. But instead of protecting her, his wife, he's passive. Eve falls in love with the lie that eating the fruit will make her as powerful as God. And Adam falls for the idea that if I just take the path of least resistance, it'll all be okay. And would you mind putting that bauble on the tree? The fall is a reminder that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. 
It's part of the answer as to why a good God would allow suffering in his good world. The hope is that part of this Jesse tree contains the fact that God doesn't end humanity here. All is not lost, though, when Adam and Eve fall. And God graciously sacrifices an animal to make clothes for them to ease their shame. You notice in the first reading that Tamlin read, when God created Adam and Eve, he puts them in a garden and they felt no shame. Once they fall, they feel ashamed. And God eases their shame by giving them clothes. He puts them outside of the garden, but then makes an amazing promise. He says to Satan, the tempter, I will make you and the woman enemies to each other. Your children and her children will be enemies. You will bite her child's foot, but he will crush your head. Again, it's a glimmer of hope amongst the rubble, but it's something we can cling to. I strike your heel and it's game on. You crush my head and it's game over. One day, someone, a child of Eve's line, will crush the head of evil. Even amongst the wreckage, there is hope. Now, before we get too optimistic, we need to recognize that the Bible is not a fairy tale. It's real about who we are as people and doesn't sugarcoat history. Adam and Eve have children, Cain and Abel. Abel is a shepherd and Cain is a farmer. Both offer sacrifices to God, but Cain's heart is not in the right place. So God accepts Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's. Cain gets angry even though God warns Cain to master his anger. And still he goes ahead and kills his brother. It's amazing how in one generation we go from eating forbidden fruit all the way to murder. And so this is one of the second, the third section of our Jesse tree. Thank you, Lynn. Cain kills Abel, but again, God is gracious. God doesn't end humanity here. Instead, he gives Cain a mark, a mark to protect him. And Cain's life goes on. And then Adam and Eve again have another child, and his name is Seth. And through his line, the Jesse tree goes on. Sadly, the downward spiral continues to cascade. And from Adam, through nine generations, to Noah. Now, in Noah's day... Things get so bad that in Genesis 6-6, God says, The Lord was sorry that he made the people. It made him sad in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy all the people I created on the earth. I will destroy every person and every animal and everything that crawls on the earth. I will destroy all the birds in the air because I am sorry that I've made them. Like a loving parent, God is cut to the heart about what his children are doing to each other. The tree is cut and humanity seems done and dusted until we read verse 8. It says, whoops, oh, 
put it on two slides, sorry. <laughs> but Noah pleased the Lord. God knows a guy who, who loves him, who sees him, and who is ready to obey him. And God gives Noah this incredible assignment, this incredible rescue assignment, because living for God so often involves obedience. God tells Noah to build an ark, one and a half football fields long and as high as, high as a six-story building. We don't have any six-story buildings in Dolby, but I was in Brisbane yesterday and uh, there are plenty of them. That's really high. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, the ark is six times as long as it is wide, which is a ratio that shipbuilders still use today. The ark is an act of mercy. Noah and his family weren't perfect, but they were in relationship with God. For 40 days and 40 nights, the rains come down. 40 is a symbol of cleansing in the Bible. And then Noah and his family and the animals float in hope for 150 days. For half a year, they're sitting on this flood going, are the waters going to drop? Is the Lord ever going to let this flood subside? And finally, they do drop. And the ark runs aground. The animals and the people are set free on a renewed earth, ready for a fresh start. God makes a promise with Noah never to flood the world again and puts a rainbow in the sky as a reminder of this promise. One of the first sentences we taught uh, Micah, we, we, we read the Bible with him every night and we pray with him, and we've got these little sayings that he, that he remembers. Um, one is, when God makes a promise, and Micah says, he keeps it. And another one is, a rainbow is a sign of, and, and Micah will say, God's love. And both Micah and Jude know those all by heart. There's this beautiful reminder that all hope is not lost. Noah and his family in turn offer sacrifices as they run aground to the Lord. It's a scene brimming with hope as the Jesse tree continues. Sin brings judgment, yet judgment brings renewal, and renewal brings hope. Again and again, though, People are failing each other and God. And as God says, our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. The generations after Noah draw away from God. So God calls Abram. Abram is wandering the desert. He's an old man who's been successful in business. He's about 75 years old, but he's failed in family life. Him and his wife don't have children. And so he's wondering what his purpose is and he's wondering what God is going to do with his life. Thanks, Julie. And as he wanders, God connects with him. God speaks into his life. And he tells him to go. He says, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. 
I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. The God of the Bible is a creative, relational, and promise-making person. Abraham is a 75-year-old man living with mom and dad. <laughs> but God wants to use him powerfully. just want to note that even though Abraham and Sarah really stress about not having a child, that, that is not a failure. Um, I do want to say that. Um, so many people in our world today um, struggle to have kids. Fertility is an issue for so, so many of our friends. Um, and sometimes through those fertility battles, um, children come and sometimes they don't. We know some beautiful couples who've um, accepted that they will never have children um, and serve diligently and find meaning and purpose and wonder and ways to glorify God and build up his kingdom. But God promises Abram three things. He promises him land, family, and blessings. Ultimately, the Bible talks about God's goal for us as becoming God's people in God's place under God's rule. God promises that through Abram's seed, all people across the earth will be blessed. Abram is obedient to God and he goes. He goes where God tells him. But he will have to wait many years before he sees these dreams come true. There are many ups and downs in times when Abram and his wife nearly give up. But they stick it out. At one point in the story, God takes Abram out and shows him the night sky and reminds him of his promise to bless him so that he might be a blessing. And Ken, I'm wondering if you might put that last bauble on our Jesse tree. And this is where we're going to leave the Jesse tree for today. This beautiful, top-down, systematic way of looking at God's ultimate rescue plan. It's glorious and it's intricate. There are over 24 movements in the Jesse Tree journey. And while we've only looked at some of them this morning, we can begin to clearly trace how the God of all creation has created an ordered and logical, beautiful story of redemption that can ground us in the assurance of the knowledge of God's love for us. Never once does God give up on his creation, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah and his family, or Abram and Sarah. Nor does he ever give up on us. So I encourage you to take a devotional with you home today as you begin to look at these stories in detail day by day. Every Sunday we're going to release a different um, set of baubles and so I encourage you to create your own. Um, we'll also publish this online so that you can download it. Um, and I really would love to see your pictures of your Jesse trees at home. You can make one on the fridge. Um, you, can use what, you can use an old Christmas tree. Um, you could even use an old gum tree um, and just 
put your baubles on as you read the devotionals and go through the story of God's love, God's hope, and God's salvation day by day. For now, I just want to remind you that even in the darkest times, there is hope. Stars shine brightest when the sky is blackest. Among all the pain, frustration and sorrow of the world, we must keep looking up to the stars and remembering that our God is a creative God, is a loving God, is a God who won't give up. His redemptive plans may not make sense to us all the time, but perhaps they don't need to. Perhaps when we're most faithful to him, he can work most powerfully through us. Let's keep trusting in God. Let's keep putting our hope in him. And let's take our place in the Jesse tree. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.